You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Queen's Podcast, darlings. I'm Alicia, the hostess of Done and Done. That's D-O-N-E and D-U-N-N-E. It's the history podcast that lives at the intersection of high society and true crime. I am delighted to introduce my friends Katie and Nathan, who will be bringing you an incredible story of a queen in no time at all. But with a caveat and a warning here for you. You will be hearing some strong language in this podcast. If explicit language is your podcast listening game, proceed with glee. If it is not your thing, you cannot say you weren't warned. Enjoy your listening. Hi, I'm Katie. And this is Nathan. And you're listening to Queens, the podcast about badass women in history. Hey, Nathan. Hey, Katie. Oh my gosh, I I am so excited to pick up the rest of the story of the fabulously scandalous Madame de Montespan. What about you? Oh my gosh, she is drama mama. It is oh my so God. extra. <laughs> oh my God, extra, extra. Read all about it, Madame de Montespan. Like, ooh. Yeah, and, and if you think of extra, you think of French court as well. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just an amazing time in history. Yes, it ties <laughs> all together. Before we get started, Nathan, I didn't remake your fabulous French uh, martini from last time. I'm just drinking a White Claw. What do you got What do you got going? You, you break the law. Well, um, I break the law. I did a cool. lot. I did a lot of partying this week, so mm. um, I'm going so with water. So it's detox today? It's a detox <laughs> yes, day? It's, it's detox day. I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at that one bit. Well, before we get started, we've got two shout-outs. We've got our Patreon shout-out. Shout-out to Patreon supporter, Andrea. Thank you so much for supporting the show. And a happy birthday to our Patreon supporter, Chelsea. Yes, happy birthday, Chelsea. All right. All right, let's get started. So, Nathan, where were we when we last left Madame de Montespan? So, where we last left her off, she was in a shitty marriage with a husband that pawned all of her belongings to fund his own fucking gambling addiction. Not cool, not cool. Not cool. She newly started a relationship with the king and then found out, whoopsie, she's pregnant. Oops, how did that happen? (laughs) I don't know. Maybe a little bit of... (laughs) 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 But it was a huge scandal for her to be pregnant. Because, I mean, the king had loads of illegitimate children, um, especially with his last mistress, but Mm -hmm. he didn't usually sleep with married women. So that's why it was such a huge scandal. And when Mr. de Montespan found out, he rolls up to Paris and he starts talking shit, telling everybody, like, my wife is sleeping with the king, the king has made me a cuckold. And Louis XIV was just like, 
I don't care that she's your wife. Straight to jail. And uh, no, well, I mean, th- d- d- don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> How did you <laughs> think this king. was gonna go, my man? Like, what do you, <laughs> did you think the king was gonna be like? Oh, my bad. <laughs> like, no. You can have her back. No, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> so our girl Montespan, aka Franny, was feeling secure in her relationship and her position at court. And that's that's where we left her. So when it was time for Madam to give birth with his first kid, the drama was the real. Dra- I am here for it. When she gives birth <laughs> to the first her first kid with the king, it was like Louis arranged for Franny to be brought to like this cabin in the woods, and like. It was an undisclosed location. All best things happen in undisclosed locations. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and like they brought a doctor there to like help with the birth, but like they b- put a blindfold over the doctor's eyes so he like he wouldn't know who he where he was. What? And they put like a masquerade, I'm thinking like a Mardi Gras mask on Madame de Montespan <laughs> while she's giving birth so they can't like tell who it is he's helping out, which just is very, this feel, it almost kind of feels like it could be a good SNL sketch. Like, all right. Like <laughs> really there, good. If there had been SNL at Versailles, this would have seen, uh, would have made a amazing sketch. <laughs> I was just thinking like, yeah, sure. Everyone was like sworn to secrecy about this, but obviously somebody leaked it because <laughs> now we know. Because now we know. <laughs> well, Madame de Montespan did write a memoir. I haven't read it because um, it it is free on Google. So I guess I don't have any reason that I didn't read it. Um, but maybe she talked about it in there. I don't know. Probably so. So in this villa in the woods in 1669, she had her first of seven kids with the king, a little girl named Louise Francois. But sadly, she died at only like three years old. So Yeah. Yeah. We aren't going to take time to discuss every single birth and pregnancy because then it would just be a whole episode of that. And that's... Yeah. (laughs) That's boring. (laughs) Because they ended up having seven... Children between 1669 and 1678. So she got pregnant. So she, she stayed pregnant, right? <laughs> like it was, she constantly had a baby bump. Just all yes, she got pregnant. She stayed pregnant. All the boys were named Louis, <laughs> unsurprisingly. <laughs> and all the girls except for one were Louise. So, how would you? Com- oh my God. That would, I guess they insane. all went by their middle names. I would hope so. <laughs> right? You'd have Big Louie. Big Louie. Little Louie. Middle Louie. Little Louie. Middle Louie. So only four of the children actually survived into childhood or survived childhood, which is super duper heartbreaking because yeah. those odds are not too good. That's like 50-50 basically. I know it was kind of a little bit more expected back then that, you know, children would die in infancy or it was just the mortality rate was higher but i i can't imagine any less heartbreaking for the parents you know yeah of course and except for that first girl that died so young all of their children together were legitimized and given the last name du bourbon or of bourbon (laughs) of bourbon you know the bourbon fan which was it was a big deal that they were like recognized like that. 
Yeah, because like short little detour here, what it means to be like for an illegitimate kid of the king to become legitimized is first, like the king is officially recognizing them in court as his children, right? which is a huge deal. Mm-hmm. But also it has a lot to do with their future. Like mm-hmm. a lot of people wouldn't want their sons or daughters to marry someone who's illegitimate. Even, Mm -hmm. like, especially in nobility. But these children are, like, recognized, formally recognized by the king. They have their own titles, their own land. So this means they're going to get a good marriage proposal. Right. And it's not going to stand in the way from them um, pursuing any career aspects they had. Because I believe, like, especially if you wanted to enter the church, which was one of the most lucrative uh, career paths back then. If you were illegitimate, it might you might not be able to climb higher in the church in yeah. your career path. But now, which you know, also, it's, to- it's it's totally your fault. You're illegitimate. so fucked up. You can't help that your parents. <laughs> you can't help that. I mean, none of us asked to be here, so you can't help that your parents weren't married whenever you were born. But because he recognizes them and has them legitimized legally. They can now pursue whatever career path. They can marry whoever. But there was the caveat that, like, yeah, you're legitimized, but you're not in line for the throne, obviously. Only his kids with his wife were. So, like we said, they they were given lands and titles. And this wasn't something Louis had to do, but he did it with his first official mistress. So, it's also decent yeah. to do. It's like, <laughs> they can't, like we said, but they can't help. The bar is on the floor. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well, he didn't recognize, like, because in Slight Detour, in his time as king, he had, you know, only like three or four official mistresses, but he had children with just like random one night stands. And he didn't recognize and legitimize all of his kids. So it was like almost kind of saying, like, oh, these are my favorite illegitimate children. I don't know. Ouch. Ouch. <laughs> I know. God. His- History is like not nice a lot of the time. No, it's Mm-mm. not. <laughs> so y'all, at this time uh in Franny's life, she is the queen in everything but the title. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like Anything she wants, she got it. Boom, she, boom, boom. pretty woman. She, needs, she got it. Boom, boom, pretty boom. woman. <laughs> I mean, she what? I mean, you're not wrong though. That is the perfect song for it. Because I, I read in one thing, she wanted orange trees. She wanted to be able to see orange trees out of her window at Versailles, and like orange trees didn't grow in that part of France, and it became like Louis's purpose on earth like in front of like actual matters of state he would like start off his meetings with like have we secured the orange trees okay now we can go on to the next topic about war (laughs) (laughs) i love this bougie bitch oh my god i mean louis did always try to be respectful to his wife though Mm -hmm. i mean there were little things that obviously signified to the world that you know obviously uh, the queen queen might not actually be the queen bee. <laughs> right. Like, for instance, at Versailles, the queen was given 11 rooms, which still seems like plenty of rooms. Yes. Seems like bougie as hell. And so you look at Franny was given 20 rooms. Eek. Eek. Ouch. I mean, Ouch. I'd be pissed off if I... His poor wife, she never complained. She never, or at least, like, I publicly... Know. Every- 
everything I read about her was basically she was okay, quote unquote. I'm sure she wasn't. I'm sure she went to bed. I'm sure she went to bed crying plenty of times. But yeah, but she didn't put a fuss. Like she did make a fuss about. Yeah, it. yeah. So, oh, I hate this for her. I know. <laughs> and Franny had more power at court. So there was this one story that Maria Teresa, uh, the queen, mm-hmm. um, had this lady in waiting from Spain that was that made fun of Madame de Montespan. So Franny was like, "You're fired. You're fired. And back to Spain you go, bitch." Because Franny technically had all of the hiring and firing power that the queen did not and then at this point maria Teresa's is like please no like this is my friend like don't please send don't her send back. her back which yeah, I, I that her. breaks my heart for maria Teresa. could you imagine you're supposed to be queen you're supposed to be the center of all of this and your husband's side chick is maybe firing your friends and you have to go and like basically beg on your knees like don't fire my friends like Fuck I, that must drama have been, that must have been so humiliating you know oh i bet so i bet she was super duper pissed off i would right. be pissed off to have to do that too right um you know there are several things in the story that make me not love franny um which also in the first part in part one how she kind of you know played a little bait and switch with her friendship with llv didn't mm-hmm. love that and I feel like her just waving her power over the queen like that, because, like, for instance, we've talked about other women that were powerful mistresses that still showed deference to their queen, like Madame de Pompadour, like, yeah. never tried to go, even though she had all the power in the world, in public, she would have never done shit like this. You know what I mean? To the Yeah, queen. she was very classy i guess it was definitely like she didn't cause drama in front of everybody and diane de poitier even though she had all the power in the world she would have never done this shit over catherine de medici either so it kind of i guess that we could go into the psychology of why we expect women to be i don't know but i i just feel like it just makes me feel like she's not a um i guess no one ever accused her of being a humble person (laughs) (laughs) yeah and this is such a change from his last mistress who was super duper uncomfortable with being in the spotlight didn't like all the attention uh that's not how madame de madame de montespan Mm -mm. is now (laughs) llv the last main mistress was like yeah she always felt guilty about being a side chick and like you said didn't want the attention didn't want all the grandiose (laughs) Madame de Montespan is like, I will take all of the attention. I will, (laughs) I will take all 20 of those rooms. Get me those (laughs) orange trees. (laughs) Yeah. And she's literally flaunting all of the gifts from the king. And I think Louis at this point finds it a little refreshing that he has somebody who's enjoying the lavish lifestyle. Well, He's he's the sun king. He's building Mm -hmm. Versailles. The man who built Versailles, unsurprisingly, liked flashy things. Uh, (laughs) I feel like that it's kind of like he was building this palace that's over the top, ridiculous, just um, the height of flashiness. And he wanted a woman on his arm that matched that. Do you you think that makes sense? No, total sense. Total Mm -hmm. sense. Mm Mm-hmm. 
And Franny enjoyed also making Versailles just as over the top as she was. <laughs> yes. I don't think she gets enough credit for Because in their time together is kind of when Versailles was really growing as the center of the world in French court. And I think she had a lot to do with how, what's the word I'm looking for? Opulent? It became. Mm. Is opulent the right word? Yes. Okay. Yes. Opulence. Opulence, baby. Yes. Opulence. <laughs> Makes me feel like I'm dripping in jewels at Laguanza. La- well, yes. Versailles. Nathan, okay. You need I, to I, get your passport <laughs> so we can go to Versailles. Yeah, then I can find a French man. Y'all, everyone, please slide into Nathan's DMs. I've been telling him to get his passport for a while so we can do a Queen's trip to London and meet our fans in London. And now I'm thinking a Queen's trip to Versailles. Okay. Right. So slide back on topic. <laughs> slide into his DMs. Anyway, yes. <laughs> so though Franny was popular, she also started to rub people the wrong way. Right. Um, she loved to make the king laugh, but apparently this was at the expense of other people because mm-hmm. she liked to mock other people. And Louis very much enjoyed that type of humor. Um, so if you were around the King and Madame de Montespan, you better have some thick skin um, because mm-hmm. they're going to make fun of you a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And I read one place that like to strike up a conversation with Louis and Franny at Versailles was sometimes referred to as going before the guns because Ooh. And I don't know, I don't know about you, but in my experience in life, people who ha- have the most fun picking picking apart other people are insecure themselves. Oh no, completely agree. Completely. And agree. so it makes me it doesn't necessarily endear me to her because I've decided I don't think I would have liked Madame de Montespan very much, but it does make me think, oh, she feels like she has to put people in her place their place to stay Mm -hmm. in the number one place with Louis. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't like this for her either. It wasn't all like just showing off at court though. So Louis had a private getaway, super duper close to Versailles that was specially built for Franny. Um, private area surrounded by trees, large gardens. So nobody could like peek in and be super duper nosy. Mm -hmm. Um, it was a quote unquote small, Chateau called the Trianon. Uh, <laughs> Define small. <laughs> yeah, right. That was the same thing that I talked about uh, in our Patreon about the Duke of Orleans, which was like, yeah. oh, he had a small chateau, and then you pull up pictures, and it's like, and it's seventy-five like, acres. <laughs> it's like the size of my entire block that my house is yeah. on. Yes. Uh, small, small. Very, very small, small, very cute and quaint. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but at this point, like they didn't host. They didn't throw parties, so it was private. It was small and private, but it still was a palace with a full staff. <laughs> yeah, right. And at there, they like to eat and drink a lot. That was so, their favorite thing to do alone besides bone. When they weren't boning, they were feasting and getting drunk. And that's what they did when they were together alone, which I cool. I, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I think that she liked to cook, right? Like, she, mm-hmm. she yeah, we talked about cooking, the, yeah, so yeah, yeah. So she would definitely. That seems like she, throwing a dinner party for the king right, would be like right up her alley. Yes, absolutely. Um, and he loved to eat too. I mean, hashtag same. Um, yeah. 
<laughs> Couldn't really figure out if this is like a if they brought out the whipped cream and the strawberries and made it a right. Cake, you know? <laughs> I kept reading about how Louis loved a woman with a healthy appetite. Yeah, I was like, is this a kink? Does he? Is it like a fetish, or does it just mean I want somebody that? You know, you don't want somebody that like is ordering a salad with uh, dressing on the side when you're eating a six course meal, you know? True. And also he liked his girls thick. That's a uh, three C's. Three he C's. did like his girls thick with three C's. Absolutely. So, <laughs> but yeah, like, I, like I've said before, the more I read about Louis, the more I'm convinced that I would have been exactly his type. <laughs> yeah, you would have. And and you're short too, so and he was pretty short himself. Uh, yeah, so I'm petite and curvy. I like to eat and drink. Anyway. So outside of court life, let's circle back to the kids. Cause their their brood of children is growing and growing and growing. Absolutely. She kept herself really busy with all her official mistress duties. But wanted to make sure that her kids with the king are taken care of, just like her mother did with her. She wants to make sure they're getting a good education, they're being watched after. Yeah. Um. So she brought in an old friend. I don't want to talk about this woman too, too much. We'll have to, because, you know, just like with Catherine of Aragon, we didn't talk about Anne Boleyn too much in her episodes. Just like with yeah. Anne Boleyn, we didn't talk about Jane Seymour too much in her episodes. Yes. So we're not going to talk about this woman too, too much. But there was this woman that she had met during her days whenever she was a lady-in-waiting to the sister-in-law of the king that she thought was really smart and was really funny and but had fallen on hard times. So she was like, I want to bring my friend Francois Dubinier in to be the, the governess for my children with the king. So Francois de- Dubinier is a really interesting woman, but... Like Katie said, not today, Satan. We're not going not, down that route. Not hole. today. Uh, we'll do that another day. Uh, yes. She'll definitely probably get her own episode. But what you should know about her now is that she hadn't had a really easy life. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was known pretty well for being an intellectual and super duper religious super Um, duper religious (laughs) so kind of all around just intense like very smart Mm -hmm. and pious and you know very much that type of person an intense person that's a great way to put it nathan now she was basically brought out of because her she had been married to this man who passed away and didn't leave her a whole lot so when Madame de Montespan makes her governess to her children. She kind of pulls her out of some dire straits. And now it's like, okay, Francois Dubinier is going to be indebted to Franny. And because Louis, Louis didn't really like her. Louis didn't like uh, Dubinier at first. She, he is like, this bitch has got to stick up her ass. Like what? Mm-hmm. The hell. She's like, you know what? If this is who you want for our kids, it's fine. Keep her as governess. Whatever. I think she's a little too much. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> but put a pin in that. We might circle back. She might come up yeah, again later. <laughs> right. Uh, so speaking of children, here's a sad point. So mm-hmm. um, if she had any relationship with her two children from her previous marriage, uh, it's not documented. So. Right. At that time in history, women really didn't have that much rights in terms of their children once um, 
there was a separation there. Yeah. Um, so if her husband decided that, you know, you're never going to see your children again, it that would happen. You know, there's nothing it, you could do. You know what it makes me think of? Yas boss. Yas boss, boss. It does make me think of, and if you don't know what we're talking about in the Georgina Cavendish episodes, like her best friend, Bess Foster, had no relationship with her children because her husband was a dick and chose to make it that way. So, yeah. Bess Foster, who might or might not be related by marriage to me. Mm. But no, it, it just really sucks that women had no right to their children if their husband decided they didn't, you know? Yeah, and obviously her husband being a gambling, trifling little bitch. Who was uh, salty as exactly fuck. This. Uh, yeah, right. That man was salty as fuck. Yeah, so if you remember him from episode one, he had very few redeeming qualities about yes. him. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, we don't like him. So something we know about Louis is that he fucked. Um, he, he fucked a lot. <laughs> he fucked often. Yes. And I think we've discussed this before back, you know, in several episodes. Back then, they believed that when a woman was pregnant, you couldn't have sex with her because it would, might make her lose the baby. Shit. They, they thought this for, like, up until recently. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God now they they know that no you can you can it's fine but back then it was a very held belief that having sex with a pregnant woman would hurt the baby so when franny was pregnant which was often louis would start looking around at other girls at court yeah we saw this with Anne Boleyn too though mm-hmm. the same sort mm-hmm. of thing happening like franny was like, if he's going to be with someone, I need to be able to control who that's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, she can't be as pretty as me. She can't be as funny as me. She can't yeah. be, you know, basically like that, you know, making sure that you basically know everything that's going on as well. And she can't you know? be from a rival family, you know? Yeah, of course not. Like, because yeah. if she has money too, she'll have power and no, 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 yeah. no, 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 no. <laughs> So really, even though she's out of commission, she's secretly running everything behind the scenes. Right. Um, people are reporting to her about what's going on between the between the mistresses, you know. So she is knowing all knowing of, you know, who the king is boning at that time. Can you imagine though? I mean, Ugh. like we said in this, like, like whenever it comes to like the king and the queen, they never had a love connection to begin with. But I do genuinely think that Madame de Montespan and Louis are in love. Mm-hmm. And so can you imagine you're out of commission pregnant with his baby and you just have to sit back and listen to who he's having sex with? Like, Ugh. I I would not be good in this situation oh Uh, as long as i got pretty uh plenty of pretty jewels i think i would be fine if you just paid me you say that but if you're actually in love with them i bet not okay okay i mean maybe you would be (laughs) maybe you maybe we have different priorities (laughs) it would break my heart i think it would break my heart i don't have a heart so okay okay Uh, (laughs) 
the two have been together for about seven or eight years now. And she really has helped him establish Versailles Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. making that, you know, a home away from home. So she was a staple there. Huge part of Louis' vision setting up court away from Paris. And honestly, I don't think she gets enough credit in that either. I agree with you. Absolutely not. But Louis kind of started to get tired of Franny. Um, I do think he still loved her, but the things he used to find funny and like, oh, this is quirky, this is sexy, I think was now he was starting to be like, actually, she's no, (laughs) like, no, actually, not so much. Like her always making fun of people for the first few years, he thought, isn't she hilarious? She's so witty. And then after a while, he's like, actually, maybe that was really mean. Like, Maybe you're kind of a bully. You know yes. I mean? He's realizing that she is alienating people and that people are now walking on eggshells around him. And a big part, just something about Louis XIV is he always had a complicated uh, relationship with the nobility. Like he wanted them to love him and fear him. So maybe at the beginning he was like, ha they fear me. But now he's like, oh, actually now they're being very guarded with what they say around me. So I'm not gonna, you know, like I'm. Yeah. He had a change yeah. of heart about yeah. how everything was going on. Yeah. So also, whereas Louis's wife and past mistresses would have just kept quiet whenever a new, you know, side chick rolled on in. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was not Franny's style at nope. all. Nope, nope, nope. Like, nope. This, and obviously this this makes me think that they were in love, right? Because they're right. having fights often, huge fights, right in front of the court, right in front of the staff, screaming matches. Like, horrid, wretched. Oh my because god, how sh- awkward. I know, right? As a staff member, you're like, I just... Yes. You, can I go get you some coffee? Can I, can I go? <laughs> Am I excused? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> and she had a temper too. Yes. And Louis was not the kind of guy to yell back. He was just, you know, let her pop off. Let her, you know. I feel like he had more of like thing. one of those quiet tempers, which, in my opinion, are scarier. If someone's Me yelling too. at you. Yeah, but if like someone's just sitting there and taking it and then like under and then just like leaving the room without saying anything, that's scarier to me. Cause like, yeah, what? me too. Also, remember the governess that Franny had appointed? Mm-hmm. Um, though at the beginning, you know, Louis found her very like, what is this chick's deal? She's got a stick up her ass, but they had formed a really close friendship. Cause the king's a whore. Mm, yeah. <laughs> Too close for comfort for Franny's and Franny's eyes, you know, but they weren't sleeping together because Daubonier was so pious. Anytime that Louis would like make a move on her, she would get, she would literally tell him, you need to go talk to your wife. Uh, Which I love this. Such a power move. Yeah, I kind of can't wait to cover her. Kind of love I that. love this for her. <laughs> I love when I mean Anne Boleyn sort of did the similar type of thing where it was like, oh, let me fuck, let's fuck. And she's like, um, how would your wife feel about that? I'm not sure. Except for Daubonier never never during never the life it. of the queen ever promised him anything like at all yeah it made like her kind of daubonier's draw was that she was so pious so revered for like being an intellectual and stuff 
And I think after a few years of their deep friendship, Louis was like, do I really want to be with somebody that is so full of themselves? Yeah. What was it wrong in the end for me to take a married woman as a mistress? Yeah. And he had gotten a lot of backlash for that as well. Or taking a a fucking a married woman. He got a lot of backlash. Uh, The church, in fact, would not let Franny take communion. And Louis begged and begged and begged the higher ups in the church to do it because he knew how important it was for her because we covered that in episode one. She was one of those that took it weekly. You know, it was, it was a constant thing for her. Her faith was a big deal to her. So denying her that. And and like public, that was a really public thing that happened to her too. So Mm -hmm. yeah, that, that it's a bad look for both of them, though obviously the king wasn't denied communion, even though they are both married. Mm. Hashtag misogyny. So that's so fucked up, though that the the church was I like, know. no, she's a harlot, and it's like for you because you're sleeping with a married woman, but it was never like okay, but you're also you're also married. Yeah, you- I- and you've, you're sleeping with lots of different women. <laughs> you're sleeping uh. with lots of <laughs> Such a double mixed standard. I hate it so much. Like, I know. But then there was a huge shift in their relationship in around 1678 when Louis and Franny had been together for 10 years. So a decade at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, a girl named Marie-Angelique Descourayer, nailed it. Nailed um, it. <laughs> hit the court scene. So let's just uh, call her Angelique. Yes, um, I love it. She was a lot like Montespan. Mm-hmm. So she's from this old, noble family, beautiful, charming, but her family's in a little bit of a financial rut. So they got her this gig being a lady in waiting to the sisters, to the king's sister in law. Which sounds like a copy and paste from episode one of how yeah, Franny right. hit the scene at court, right? It's exactly the same. The only difference is Angelique was not known for her wit. In fact, she wasn't known to be particularly clever or smart at all. And Franny called her, quote unquote, dumb as a basket. (laughs) Which one, everyone at court just kind of went, yeah, yeah, dumb as a basket. Oh, ouch. ouch. Well, because... A basket, if you don't have anything in it, in, there's no it's baskets come pretty empty. Um, <laughs> and also, I I'm gonna start using that any chance. I kind of love "dumb as a basket." Uh, it's your new insult. <laughs> yes, yes, and you know what? From what I've read about Angelique, she seems very, very sweet. But I don't think she would have got. She wouldn't have understood why "dumb as a basket" was a funny. She would have just been like, "Baskets are pretty." Thank you. Uh, but maybe Louis <laughs> was looking for that. You know, like maybe Louis yeah. was wanting somebody who was less intellectual and involved as Montespan would be. You know, somebody this- nicer. Somebody that didn't or just start dumber, that yeah. you could manipulate. <laughs> well, dumb people can be mean. It doesn't stick as hard, true, but it can't. But like, it seems like she was just. First of all, she was like nineteen at this point. He's like mid to late forties, um, which ick. But like, she was 
Also, you know, she wasn't 15, so let's give him credit. <laughs> and like, right. in, in this time in history, at least she wasn't a child. But like, she was just <laughs> nicer and easier to get along with, and people weren't scared to talk to her. I actually think it was like a sigh of relief uh, in court that like somebody that we're not afraid to approach is now like starting to rise up in ranks. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. She's, I think she's just, she's dumb and she's somebody that is Pretty not a threat. and smart. She's not a threat to right. anybody. So there's like, okay, head, yeah, this sounds great. Who was Karen from Mean Girls? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. The really dumb one that's like, you know, her, her right boob had ESPN. Yes, yes. That's kind of what I that. think think about with Angela. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, even her boss wrote that she's a stupid creature, but she has a good heart. Yeah. Yeah, stupid creature <laughs> with a good heart. <laughs> ouch. Ouch. That hurts. <laughs> but it didn't hurt her because she was just like, it's fine. And then she got pregnant. And then she she got pregnant. (laughs) So people are, at this point, walking around on eggshells with Madame de Montespan. When they found out Angelique was pregnant. Well, because there had been other pregnancies. He had gotten other women pregnant in the time that Mm -hmm. he had been with Montespan. But this is the first one that it seems like, girl, your your title might be in danger. You know, like, she might replace you so franny had a little zoo on the grounds of versailles you know like you do as one does yeah absolutely (laughs) somehow quote unquote unquote, somehow (laughs) bunny ears two two bears from her zoo or menagerie uh, <laughs> they, they found their way into marie angelique's room and tore it to pieces oh my god that is like that's some like godfather shit that is yeah. like some horse head in the bed sheets godfather yeah, shit it is. <laughs> can you imagine coming home after like a party with the king or whatever and there are two bears <laughs> in your room just tearing it were, like sleeping i don't know <laughs> i i have no i don't know like what kind of bears how old they were if they like were declawed i don't know have any details but still that is a very that is a very that's a sign <laughs> yeah like, right hey, that is a fuck around and find out sign if I've ever seen one. Right? Like, don't fuck around with the king or you'll Mm-mm. find out that you'll yeah. be bear meat. Right? <laughs> so the king didn't exactly love this for her. What a surprise. Uh, actually, actually, the whole court didn't love this for her. They all thought it was think- tacky as hell. Which I wonder, if it had been 10 years before, would they have pretended to think it was really clever and really funny? Uh, like, but oh, now Franny, you're so funny. You're so I funny, but now I don't know. Bears, don't know. bears it's, seem a little it's extreme. Yes, yes, yeah. So the king is formally distancing himself <laughs> from Franny at this point. So Franny, who's been suckling off that royal teat, is starting to get a little bit desperate at this point because she feels like, uh oh, everything's going to get taken away from me. I'm wondering how desperate she was going to get. So we are going to take a quick break. I'm going to top off my White Claw. Nathan's going to get some more sparkling water. And then... Wait, do you top off a White Claw or do you just open a new one? It 
It sounds fancier if I say top off, but I'm just going to crack open a new one. (laughs) (laughs) But when we come back, we're going to talk about the scandal possibly caused by how desperate Franny was. So, yeah. BRB! When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. And we're back. So Nathan, our girl realizes her grasp on power is slipping, slipping, slipping through her fingers. She's like, okay, I got to think, think, think outside the box. She really felt like this Angelique chick is going to take her place as official mistress. The more she did to try to get Louis' attention and bring him back to her, the more it drove him away. Because I just don't think Uh, he was uh into, I just don't think he was that into her anymore. And yeah. her old ways just weren't attractive attractive to him anymore. I do want to take a quick break, though. Would her no longer being the official mistress, if she would have just walked away then, would it have been the end of the world for her? No. He took care no. of all his ex-mistresses, you know? Yeah, she she should have just laid low. But I don't think that was her... It wasn't her style. Her she, thing. No. She, was, she was like... All in or nothing. You're right. You're right. So what do you do when you got nowhere to turn to? You turn to witchcraft, of course. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> so let's do a quick little backtrack. Back, back, and back, give back, a back qu- it up. Back, back, back it up. So we're going to do a quick overview of a scandal called The Affair of the Poisons. We're going to do a little bit of a deeper dive in the Patreon episode, but here's what you just basically need to know about this. Right, right. A woman of the lower nobility had been arrested for allegedly poisoning her husband. Allegedly. Allegedly. Her husband, father, brothers, and all the men in her life so that she could inherit all that money. Money, money, money. Money, 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 money. Uh, and when she was sentenced, and maybe after some slight ye old torture, uh, <laughs> she alluded to her not only being the only person in or to her not being the only person in nobility to be poisoning people around her on the regs right like as she like was being taken to be executed yeah she said something like you'll find if you dig deeper you'll find more people that have done this in the nobility but also like maybe she just said that to make them quit tortures never Queen's podcast, official unendorsement of torture. Unendorsement. Unendorsement. <laughs> so for the next few years, after this woman's confession and execution, 
there were whispers among the nobility, like who else, who else could possibly be involved uh, in this, uh, uh, this ring of torture? Like what, what else is going on here? And in reality, hundreds of people were arrested and executed and dozens executed during this frenzy. Like the, the affairs of the, of the poison give me very crucible vibes. Like oh, it was kind no, of a totally. witch hunt. It was a witch yeah. hunt of like who else could be involved? Who else could be involved? So everyone was like nervous. Like, will I get implicated for just doing like the small, like if my husband dies, will I get implicated in this for no reason? Yeah, you know what right. I mean? So there was this one woman who was a well-known fortune teller named Catherine Levoisin that claimed that Madame de Montespan had come to her afraid that the king didn't love her anymore. Oh, so obviously the this is the rumor mill, guys. So yeah. the rumors are running wild about what have, may have happened with this fortune teller. Some said that she drank the blood of babies and put spells on them and hexes on all the women at court, giving me very Hillary Clinton vibes. Yes, <laughs> yes. There's a there's a lot of killing babies and drinking their bloods in blood in these rumors. Which yeah, so it's like the Crucible meets Pizza Game. <laughs> yeah, it, it totally is. There's there's also another story that she sacrificed children to Satan and then laid in the middle of a pentagram drawn on the floor while women performed blood sacrifices. I'm sorry, guys. It's just too much. It's just too much. At the first glance, this is, this is stupid. Like that yeah. she's killing babies, drinking their blood. Also, at this time in French culture... Or at least like in the, you know, in the educated elite, which is the nobility. People didn't believe in witchcraft anymore. Yeah. It was just, it was just fun gossip. They're like, oh, do you think Montespan really went and went to a fortune teller to cast a spell? Do you think blah, blah, ha, ha. It was kind of a joke. And everyone was laughing at these ridiculous rumors until... Angelique had a really, really horrible miscarriage. Uh, Or maybe stillbirth. Either way, it was really late in term and traumatic and bad. And that's one of the reoccurring themes in uh, that this woman, Catherine Love is on, had been like the charges brought against her was late term abortions. And so they're like, oh, oh, shit, maybe she was giving her some kind of poison to make her have, like, a late-term miscarriage or something like that. Uh, I don't like it, but this is these are the rumors. Yeah, all these poisoners and everything, and they're just like, okay, maybe there's some, maybe there's some, cre- because before it had been kind of like a funny joke, and now yeah. it's like, oh, shit, someone is, she had this early miscarriage, and her health is in bad shape now fuck did something actually maybe someone poisoned her to like induce this abortion essentially yeah 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 yeah. yeah. and so everyone's looking at franny like maybe it was what the fuck are you up to yeah yeah Mm -hmm. so some of the rumors were even that she performed this ritual called the black mass which sounds super duper satanic and i super metal 
a super metal, the black mass. Um, and that she had been doing it for years now. And that's why the King fell in love with her. And that's why they stayed together so long. Not because she was just super hot and funny and smart, but (laughs) I feel like this is every fucking mistress we've ever covered has this exact story happen about them. It's like, there must've been magic involved with her to fall in love with the King. And it's like, no, no bitch. She was just really hot. It was kind of, kind of a joke until angelique dies and like a pretty bad death too it was um from complications from her miscarriage or stillbirth and probably in all in all reality it was probably because doctors treating people back then probably did more harm than good you know like if you've just had a really gruesome miscarriage probably letting blood isn't gonna help anything (laughs) yeah it's gonna make it worse um so yeah yeah it was just really not good timing for Mm -mm. franny either Mm -mm. though no (laughs) because in their eyes there was really only one person at court at that time that saw this pretty little idiot uh as a threat yeah and that was our girl madame de montespan so let's have some coffee talk let's have some coffee talk talk discuss about how Madame de Montespan was drinking the blood of babies <laughs> and poisoning people. Discuss, Katie. In my opinion, so Catherine Levazon was known as being a famous like palm reader, tarot card reader. Do I think that Madame de Montespan maybe went and got her palm read or something like that once or twice? Sure. Because she was desperate. She was thinking, like, maybe this palm reader can give me, like, some insight of what I could do to get the king back into my bed. Sure. Do I think that she then took any poisons? I, I could maybe see if the if the Catherine lady was like, here's um, a love potion or something. Her yeah. thinking that she's doing something harmless, putting like a love potion or an anti-love potion into somebody's drink or something, maybe. I don't think she's out here poisoning people. What do you think, Nathan? Yeah, I'm not really seeing this for her either. I'm not seeing any satanic rituals yeah. either in her history. But part of me just wants to believe in this conniving rabbit hole (laughs) conspiracy theory so badly because it's so wild um, that I just want to believe it, but I can't. I can't. Yeah. I know I've seen it. I've seen this shit done to so, so many other women where they're involved and people start throwing them under the bus whenever they're tortured. They're being tortured. And it's like, yes. you can't, you can't trust somebody's statement when they're under torture. It just doesn't make sense. So do you think, though, that she would have been desperate enough to maybe go try to get a love potion or something like that? Yeah, I I agree with that. I could see her getting like an anti-love potion or something like that where it's like, oh, if you pour this in her drink and she drinks it, it'll, you know, get rid of the love that they have or even like pour it in his drink. I don't know. Well, that's what that's what we're going to get to in a second. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Oh, spoiler alert. (laughs) Because I do think that Madame de Montespan wasn't pull out all the stops kind of person. But I don't necessarily think one of those stops that she would have considered to pull out would have been murder. Yeah. No, okay. agreed. Okay. Because again, with this, at least within the nobility, it was fun for them to joke about like witchcraft and stuff. When it actually came down to it, they didn't believe in what witchcraft. The yeah. problem 
was about the poisoning aspect of it. Yeah. So, so their rumors get a little less silly and a little more scary. Right. Uh, Montessant fan is now poisoned, quote unquote, her rival, which then spirals into Franny's gonna poison the king. Right. So now up until this point, 1681, Louis was telling the police to investigate this. He was like, investigate the shit out of this. Because if there is a noble woman that po- poisoned her husband, I want to like set the precedent that like we are going to hold those people to the full extent of the law. Yes. You can't go around poisoning your spouse. Which, you know what? I stand with Louie on this. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because you need, to, you need to be scared. You need to know that you're not going to get away with something like just this. Just because and you're just, rich. Yeah, and you can blame someone who's a peasant. Like, you can't get away with that. But then the police came to him and were like, uh, we need to take Franny into questioning. And then he, there was a brief pause and he's like, shut it down, shut it down, shut it down. Shut it down. <laughs> nope. Nope. He did, he did not allow them to go any further. So in 1682, the king calls off this widespread investigation into the members of the nobility because basically they just wanted to question Madame de Montespan and you know because she was at hit too close to home uh, yeah as she because she was so close and at the end of it it was like oh oh no no that's my court it's stopping it's one thing if it's at your court and it's just some minor I don't fucking know count or whatever but now that it's your actual like someone you share a bed with on the regular getting questioned he's like nope we're not doing this. Shut it down. Sweep it under the rug. Vacuum under the rug. <laughs> burn the remains from the vacuum. <laughs> Get rid of this. No more. And why? Why? Well, most likely, he just didn't want a scandal that close to home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But also, he maybe his kids with Franny were getting a little bit older, and he was involved in their lives. And so maybe he was like, I don't want to embarrass our children. But also, you know how he's BFFs with uh, their governess, Debonnier. She's also telling him, like, she loves these children. Yeah. That she's been governessing for for like 10 years. She's like, I don't want to. We need to protect them, mm-hmm. you know, which I don't disagree with either. It's not their fault that their mom... <laughs> may have been some a shifty bitch you know yeah but she also helped him sweep that all under the rug as well so mm-hmm. while mm-hmm. louis was giving franny the cold shoulder hard you know this was all effectively being done and kind of notifying us that this is the end of their relationship yes <laughs> he is like this is my parting gift to you in this relationship i'm not gonna let you be interrogated for poisoning <laughs> by the police you're welcome. You know. So, do you think that Louis actually believed that she was going to poison him? Hard, maybe. Okay. Okay. Um, That's a defense. Okay. Yeah. Well, on one hand, uh, what when it came to actually poisoning Louis, what would Montespan get? Nothing. From it? In fact, it would be worse for her, probably. Right. Like the next in line would be his son with his actual wife. She. And she's probably going to get kicked to the car. Why would she actually want to poison him? Yeah. You know? Also, complete side note. Louis had an illegitimate daughter with one of um, one of Montespan's maids, mm-hmm. a woman named Claudette. And then he never recognized because she was kind of like a peasant. Mm-hmm. And 
there had been times during their last few years of their relationship, whenever he would come to the Trianon and have dinner with Franny and then complain about feeling sick for the next couple of days. Mm. So a lot of people speculate that Louis thinks that maybe she was putting those love potions in his food then. And that's like when he was trying to, she was using those and maybe accidentally giving him low doses of poison with those love potions or something that I think more people should investigate. Maybe Claudette who was serving the food Ah. was pissed that her child hadn't been recognized. Ah. So truggy emoji. I don't know, (laughs) but I think that I think that Louie was looking back at these times and being like, there was a period of time that every time I ate with her, I felt sick. Yeah. Maybe he is starting to get into his own head of like, maybe she was trying to poison me. Maybe Claudette was trying to poison me. Or maybe you're old and you just don't realize you're lactose intolerant. (laughs) Or 17th century, you know? (laughs) But also, maybe he was just done with the drama. You know, she had been drama since day one. She had a husband (sighs) that was dramatic. She caused drama with the church. When they fought, she was so over the top with drama. She caused drama with bears. And now there's this drama. Like uh, It was the pinnacle of drama and he was just fucking done. Yeah, yeah. Can you blame him for feeling a little bit fucking done? No, I would too. And she stayed at court yeah. for another few years. And Louis would come visit her every now and then. But really, this was just to keep up appearances. They weren't sleeping yeah. together. Their relationship has gone cold. She got downgraded from 20 rooms to not as many. (laughs) (laughs) To like the regular amount of rooms, yeah. And in 1683, the queen died. And there was this fundamental shift in Louis. He was older. Mm -hmm. He just didn't, wasn't about that party life anymore. Also, remember Francois Dubinier, the governess and Louis' best friend. You remember her? Yep, yep, yep. Apparently, Louis has been trying to hit that for years. She literally was telling him, "Eh, eh, eh, go tell your wife. Not until you don't have a wife anymore. Go sleep with your wife. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. And he didn't have a wife anymore. So he started giving her titles and lands. And she was basically the official mistress, but she just didn't have that title. Right. If y'all want to learn more about her, she's known in history as Dementinol, and I'm sure she'll get an episode someday. She, I'm sure she will, yeah. She was close to her children that she had with the king while at court, but they were all getting either married off or sent off to boarding schools, sent off to like, mm-hmm. you know, as royal children are or children of the high nobility are no longer living at court and being taken care of by their mother. So her last few years at court to me, the king wasn't visiting her. She was basically a social pariah. Her children were leaving court. It sounds lonely. Yeah, it really does. She's this outcast. She's made a lot of enemies, you know, Mm -hmm. from being at the top. So not really a good time for her. Um, Uh, You know, word to the wise, if you're going to be official mistress of the queen, maybe, or of the king, maybe try to make some friends along the way. Don't alienate. (laughs) and make everyone hate you yeah right i feel like she could have learned from a lot of our other mistresses at the time Mm -hmm. um so Mm -hmm. in 1691 at the age of 51 and almost 10 years after her fall from grace she retired to court in a convent so 
Louis, yeah. super grateful that finally this bitch gave up her position because on paper, she was still the royal mistress at this time. Yeah. He gave her half a million francs. Uh, he made her father, the governor of Paris, gave her brother a title and a pension. So, I mean, one thing that we do have to give Louis, even though he fucked a lot, um, he definitely yeah. took care of all the people that he fucked. He really did, except for maybe this Claudette lady. But, <laughs> like, he, yeah, because, I mean, it would be hard for a woman to secure a husband or something after being the mistress of a king. So he always made sure they had their own money. Yeah. And she, yeah. She was no exception. I don't really know what the conversion from half a million francs is from then to now, but I have to assume it's plenty to live off for the rest of her life. And then also giving her father and brother positions, it was also like double insurance that she would never want for anything, you know? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And she didn't disappear from court altogether. She would come to visit Versailles for certain events, mainly to celebrate like one of her kids, you know. uh, Like getting married, getting a job. Yeah, something like that for sure. But for the most part, she lived a quiet life after this. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't find for sure if she was able to take communion after all this. I hope so. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I know that convent. was something that was really important to her. She's in a convent. She's no longer sleeping with anybody. So I know that was always really important to her. So I I hope so. Yeah. But we do know that she used her fortune because now she is a rich, rich lady. Just We know that she used her fortune to fund artists that she loved, but also poor girls that didn't have enough money for a dowry or an education Uh she would send them to school and like maybe find a little bit of a dowry for them so yay yay that's That's nice that is good yeah Yeah. uh madame de montespan unfortunately started having seizures in around 1700 so she'd be around 60 at this time yeah and from there her health took a nosedive and she passed away quietly with only a few of her maids with her on May 27th of 1707. Louis at this time had already secretly remarried the governess of his children, you know, the lady we were talking about earlier. But his reaction to her death actually really surprised me because we don't know what his reaction with LLV was when she passed, but we have to imagine it was kind. When his uh, wife, Marie Teresa, passed, he said something like, Oh, this is the only time she's ever pissed me off. (laughs) (laughs) When Madame de Montespan passed, he didn't allow their children to wear mourning clothes. And, and he said, what he said, I, the closest I could find to a direct translation translate into something like, oh, well, I never wanted to see her again after she retired anyway. Ouch. And so I have to wonder what went on between them in those last few years of her at court to make him because I I think he I think she might maybe not the love of his life, but definitely like up there, maybe like second in line to the love of his life. What for you to say something so nasty about someone that you had been with after they died, something happened. Yeah, I honestly something think happened. he probably was just so over the drama of everything. Or maybe he did believe that she tried to poison that him. That too. That is not a normal... Like, you don't see that with him in, whenever the passing or when he breaks up with any of his other women in his life. Yeah. So it makes me think something rotten happened. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that surprised me. So that... 
is the fabulous, very scandalous life of very Madame de Montespan. She was complicated, conniving, you know, definitely probably not somebody I would want to be friends with. Not, yeah, but when you think about the Sun King, let's all bring it back to when you think about Louis XIV, the over-the-top, opulent Sun King, you don't think about his later in life. You are almost certainly thinking about his time when he's building up Versailles into this big over-the-top sign of wealth, grandiose, all of that. And who was he with Madame when he was doing de that? Yes, when you think about the monarchy, what built Versailles, that is who you're thinking about. So let's raise a glass and cheers to this fancy-ass bitch. Cheers. Thanks for listening, everybody. We will catch you next time. Love you guys. Love you guys. Cheers, bitches. Hello everyone, Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.